vagabond. A vagabond. A, uh, you you smoke responsibly. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I don't always smoke, but when I do smoke, it's smoke. it's Northern Lights. It's Northern Lights. No other strain. Nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. Can I ever tell you about how I started? No, but we're recording, so I'm gonna actually start the podcast. By all means. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was like, no. oh, I started recording, and I'm like. Oh shit, we were still talking about weed over. Oh yeah. yeah. No. Um, hello folks and welcome to Buzz Biology. I'm your host, Stevie Foxette, and today I have with me Richard Doom. Yay! Um, Richard Doom and I met via Vine. Rest in rest in peace, Vine. Yeah. I mean I miss I mean I, I miss it to a certain extent. I I, I it can't help but think that the, it's rose colored glasses. I guess, back. but the problem is now I have great vine ideas and I'm like, fuck, where do I put this? I can't put it on Instagram stories. The format's not right. Uh, TikTok. T- oh god, I'm not going to TikTok. I'm 33 now. I can't go on TikTok. Hey, you know. I'm way too old. Some people are doing it. Uh, I have too many great hairs. Matt, Matt's doing it. Uh, Matt Post is on there, yeah. Brian's okay. doing it. Uh, Rex mm. Testarossa. Um I'm seeing a few people go on there, and they're doing good things with the, the, the format. All right. Maybe I'll... Oh God. Am I going to download TikTok tonight? Probably. Yeah. You're going to download TikTok as soon as you're done <laughs> As recording. soon as I'm reco- done recording. Yeah. Uh, so Richard and I actually met via Vine, but turns out we went to... We, we lived in the same hometown. We both are from a un, an undisclosed... An undisclosed... Town in Ventura County. Yeah. Which is all we're going to say about it. Yes. It's no longer on the map. It's gone now. It's gone now. It's sunk into the sea. It only shows up every 500 years. <laughs> it's like, oh God, what's that musical? The Scottish one? where Brigadoon. that? T- Brigadoon! Yeah, it's that like Brigadoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yes. Sorry. Sorry to just make it like, what was that thing you were referencing right now? <laughs> I understood that what? reference. I understood that reference. Uh, Richard is a comic book nerd. Yes. 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 Uh, that, that's fair to say. That's mm-hmm. probably more than fair to say. So I'll, I'll try to keep my Marvel references Uh Limited. I mean, I may I like last week. I literally made so many Jurassic Park references. I'm like, I am turning into a biology cliche. The only way it could be more cliched, and this is something that a lot of non-biologists don't know, is biologists quote Jaws constantly. Oh, so do I. Yeah, so we're we're in good company. Like, there's been times where like I'm in a lab and I don't know what something is. Like, someone doesn't know what something is, and I just go tiger shark. And, like <laughs> that fucking comes up all the damn time. Um, so I just quote Richard Dreyfus as often as I can. Yeah, this thing is an eating machine. <laughs> just yeah, uh, just making faces. So, and... do you think, as a comic book nerd, you say you're more Marvel universe than DC universe? I am. I used to be a bipartisan. Um, oh, I see. Uh, comic book nerd. I used to partake of both uh, uh, both uh, publishers, but. Um, uh, around 2011, if anybody knows <laughs> comic books, uh, the New 52 really put me off when they rebooted all of their stuff, and I just couldn't keep Here's up and new. couldn't keep interested. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of stuff I liked from 2010, 2009, uh, some of the best comic books I ever read, and then they just threw it all in the garbage can and said, eh, let's get new readers. Which, let's have hey, Superman date Wonder Woman for some reason. Hey, you know, uh, it, it would work otherwise, but su- they, they made him an asshole. That's the uh, thing. Mm. The thing is that Superman, it, there's, <laughs> I, I'm going to try not to go on this rant, <laughs> but I, I'll save it for my own podcast. But the thing about Superman is he has to be a good guy. And there's every, there's a billion edgelords out there that's just like, oh, what if Superman were an asshole? And that, that's not, that is a million other characters. Superman right. is the good guy. Superman's a nice, wholesome, like, sweet Midwesterner, which I don't mean to stereotype Midwesterners, but having known some... It, wow. 
Wow, you're prejudiced. I, <laughs> I, I'm here to represent the anti-Midwest. <laughs> Coastal! Yeah. Yay! No, like, knowing some Midwest people, they're, like, the kind, like, they're so kind sometimes. Like, too kind. I was raised Missouri Synod Lutheran, so Ooh, I... I didn't realize it was that. Okay. I, 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 I know. A lot of my friends, a bunch of my friends from college are pastors in the Midwest. I'm, oh, shit! Yeah. Oh, damn, okay. Um, so, let's get into what we're drinking. I'm drinking Ballast Points Sculpin IPA, which Richard so kindly provided the beer for this episode. So, um, drinking it in a can, which is rad because then you can recycle aluminum. Both you get a little bit of money back from it. And recycling aluminum is important because it's really hard to extract aluminum. Mm. So, recycling aluminum is like probably one of the most important things to recycle. Yeah. Um, and I'm really pro like separating out your aluminum and taking them to the recycling center. One, because it's nice to get like you take a ba- couple bags, you feel good about your alcoholism, like drinking that. That many canned beers because you get a little bit of money back. I and feel good about my some, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I feel some weird latent Irish guilt about things. Ever since the dark times. The dark times. I'm talking about those times. So Ballast Point Sculpin IPA in a can. Uh, Ballast Point's one of those like really early craft breweries that really. In fact, it says on the can established 1996, ten years after. Nope, I'm not going to say when I was born. Shit, I fucked up. I already said when I was born. I'm, I'm 33. Edit. I, <laughs> I turned 33 on Friday. Okay, I just like saying it. Happy birthday! Thanks, cheers, hey! Um, but it's one of those really early craft breweries that has done some really amazing stuff. I've had some really great iterations of Sculpin. Mm. Um, you can find the habanero, grapefruit, uh, those versions oh, in right. cans. But um, when uh, my friend Angel and I went to Disneyland recently, uh, they have a tasting spot on downtown Disney now, and they had a fucking spruce. Sculpin that sounded like as soon as I saw it, I was like, "That sounds weird. I want that." It was really good because the the bright piney spruciness mm-hmm. really complemented the hops in here really well. Hmm. So I don't know exactly what hops they use, but there's a lot of citrusiness to Sculpin as well as like a good bitterness that hits you on the side of your tongue. And honestly, that's what I look for in an IPA. I want a little bit of citrus, but I want a little bit of resin, and I don't want it. I want it to be clear. I don't like. I, I'm anti kind of anti hazy oh. IPA. Yeah. <laughs> and then, what are you drinking, Richard? I am drinking uh, Voodoo Ranger IPA. Um, it from uh, New Belgium. From New Belgium. Um, I don't. Uh, I'm not the bartender. I, <laughs> uh, I just drink what's put in front of me. I, I know I bought it. <laughs> you put it in front of yourself. So uh, I, I'm like a dog. The first thing I see, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> um, you know, as long as it ain't the the cheapos, cores or butt or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. So. Uh, I actually got these on Fourth of July. I went to um, a liquor store that uh, is got a wide selection here, but um, they were closed on Fourth of July. So I just hey. went to Ralph's and I just hey. got um, uh, a bunch of six packs of uh, some variety for the podcast. Oh, I'm actually impressed. So most fun fact: most bottles and cans now for beer have to have the date stamped on them. Hmm. And sometimes when I hear things are bought at supermarkets i'm like oh shit and i just looked at the date on the can of sculpin i have and it was the fourth of june so it was only a month old huh? so that's not bad that's actually not bad for shelf life drink fresh beer guys hops go bad but yeah how you liking it i, I i'm liking it it's my second mm-hmm. uh, well, today. that's what i had first before we started recording to get myself in the mood and it's really nice and i, I probably drank it a little fast um it's really easy drinking uh, Voodoo Ranger is a really great selection from New Belgium. I've always been. Also, New Belgium is a fairly uh, old craft brewery as well. So, probably from the late 90s as well. Mm. They've been around for a minute. Yeah. I respect a lot of what they do. 
Um, there was one time when I was working in a craft beer bar, and then the new we had like a beer event with the Sierra Nevada in town, mm-hmm. um, and New Belgian had come in, and they were at the bar I worked at. And some guy was being a creep, and the New Belgian crew, like there's six of them, were like, "Yo, is that guy being creepy?" I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Okay, cool. We're gonna leave." You're going to come with us. You're going to be in the middle of us because you're short. And we're going to just, like, sneak you out of here. And we're going to take you with us. And they, like, fucking took care of me the whole night. A I, Stevie escort mission. It was, like, so cute. Like, it was so <laughs> cute that they were just like, oh, that guy's being a creep. We're going to rescue you right now. And, like, we went somewhere else. And they're just, like, buying me drinks. And, like, yeah, it was great. Like, I found them a ride home that night. It was it was really sweet. So I also have a lot of respect for New Belgium because they're represented. They're, yeah, the representatives were good people. Good people. And, and were taking people and taking care of people that they met. So that was important to me. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've wanted to have Richard on since I kind of started tossing this idea for a podcast around. And Richard's starting his own podcast fairly recently, which we'll talk more at the end of the episode mm. when we plug it. Um, so kind of like the whole premise with most of these is when I have a guest, I'm going to say, hey, what do you want to talk about? Mm. And... Uh, I also made a caveat with Richard because Richard is very woke, as the kids say. Oh God! And and I am said ironically. And I'm not. No, like it's true though. You're you're very on top of politics and being a good person politically. <sighs> and not to say that I'm not, but it just causes me anxiety to talk about politics sometimes. And I'm like, it causes me anxiety to talk about politics too. I'm just a yet, masochist. Yeah. <laughs> and yet somehow you power through as we both take big old swigs of our beer. Yeah. Um. So for me, I was like, hey, like, I'm not against talking something kind of semi-controversial and political, but I don't want to do it in my second episode. I contend that all of my politics are non-controversial. There's nothing wrong. (laughs) Now, you know what? I'm not even going to say the joke. I'm not even going to go ahead and say (laughs) a joke because I'm going to go ahead and get you in trouble in (laughs) your second episode. Yeah, so I told him, I'm like, I want to be a little bit more fluffy in my early episodes. (laughs) So he sent me some suggestions, and they were really good. But the one that really stood out to me and that was interesting to me because I've kind of had similar, like, conversations with people is, well, explain the, the whole coral thing that we're going to get into. So, you were watching Blue Planet. I was watching uh, David, ba- David Attenborough's uh, Blue Planet documentary on Netflix. Uh, I like to fall asleep to the sound of uh, water um, because my white noise machine ran out of batteries and I'm too lazy to fill, uh, replace them. Oh, no. And so, I... Um, uh, there's, uh, the Blue Planet episode has, uh, there's one episode dedicated to the Coral Seas, and, um, I just find, uh, I love when I am able to, wa- I love learning, but I also <laughs> love walking away with more questions, uh, because usually that inspires me to research more, <laughs> but I feel like the question that I pose to you is not something that I necessarily, I feel like it's more philosophical and that there's hmm. not going to be a hard line answer. We'll, we'll see. We, we will see. You, you I'm disappointed. You're, like, mm? you're looking at, knowingly at me. Um, but <laughs> sit. Have a secret. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So th- this was a question that um, kind of just rattled around in my head every time I watch uh, those episodes, um, as well as the life. Uh, the other. David mm-hmm. Adam, well, there's, he's got several. Uh, the life uh, documentary on Netflix, also by David Attenborough. Um, uh, should I say what it is? Yeah, so what, okay. your, your specific question was... Um, well, how best to word it? Um, it is a, I guess the starting point is, is a coral reef an animal or a plant? Right. Uh, because um, it has um, properties that I would necessarily associate with either. Mm-hmm. And um, I know... Uh, 
funnily enough, when we were talking about this, I rewatched part of the episode last night, and David Attenborough almost as knowingly shouted the answer at me. Um, but I still feel as though there is some not wiggle room. Obviously, there are scientific <laughs> right. lines and categories, <laughs> but I believe that um, I still find the line of what constitutes animal or plant uh, very fascinating, especially when you get when you dive down deep into the categories and what constitutes one or the other, you get some that kind of bleed into the... It's like, oh, uh, plants is this. Well, here's an animal that does that. I was like, okay, well, an animal is this. Well, here's a plant that does that. It's like, <laughs> right. Mm, shit. It's like, all birds are uh, fly. Well, what about ostriches, emus, penguins? Right. Like, ah, fuck. So, okay. this, is, this was actually really interesting because I come across this a lot. And yours is actually like... A really good example of this because it's just like oh yeah looking at coral they don't move they need sunlight are are they a plant like they kind of yeah. pl- are plant like um for like and i don't want to say this in a way that sounds like i'm being dismissive for the common man because yeah. as biologists we're we go through i prefer the layman the layman the yeah. layman uh as biologists we go through four two in one case 14 years of school and we learn we learn the differences and, and to us it's just like oh <laughs> they're obviously not a plant but like kind of watching back and doing research i was like oh i can see how this happens yeah. and talking to other people sometimes like certain people don't know that insects are animals they're like well they're insects and i'm like yeah they're still animals though yeah. they're still in animalia so um knowing that was the question i sent you some questions to kind of talk about so i asked you um why you were interested, or why did you pick this topic? Yes. Uh, the reason why this is interesting to me is um, because I didn't study hard sciences. I was a student of the humanities. I went to school for a long time as well. and um, But I studied theology, languages, history, philosophy. Um, the boring shit. The arcane shit. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, I've had two history majors as guests now. Becca's a history major too. Yeah, like well, it's <laughs> it's 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 a fun thing to learn. It's not great for getting a job. Um, <laughs> I work in IT, <laughs> um, but um, the as I made probably clear earlier, I study theology and the idea of life and the bigger picture has always kind of fascinated me. Um, and, um, you know, like with my fascination with politics and everything like that, there are decisions to be made. There are principles that you uphold when you know how to necessarily categorize things. Um, trying really hard not to go into controversial topics. Um, <laughs> but um, the idea of what constitutes life mm-hmm. in general is just a fascinating mm-hmm. subject. Never mind, like, what happens to us afterwards. Right, and the categories within life as well. Exactly. That's, yeah. And so the, the, I mean, even just the conversation of, like, what is okay to eat is something that's like, okay, animals. Well, uh, we've pretty much agreed we don't eat the cute ones. Uh, Dogs, (laughs) cats. We don't eat uh, the smart ones. We don't eat the smart ones uh, intentionally. Sorry, dolphins. Um, But... uh, you know, it, it it's, you know, it, it is, as somebody who likes to study the humanities, the questions I like to ask are, um, 
here are the way things are. So as his, as a historian, I like mm-hmm. saying, okay, here's how things have been and here's how they are. As the philosopher and somebody who's interested in politics, I like asking, why is it that way? Mm-hmm. Does it have to be that way? Right. And so with regards to like what is or is not an animal, you have some possible philosophical quandaries that get in there. Like, what do you eat? What is what, okay to eat? Is it okay to eat animals? Is it yeah. okay to eat things that feel pain? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like that whole debate. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's necessarily deciding about whether you eat coral reefs one right. way or the other, but it is... Um, and a lot of philosophy, I feel like, is kind of deciding where lines are drawn. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like the or, core tenet of a lot of philosophical discussions is where do we categorize these things? And the, uh, the idea also... With our burgeoning climate change uh, mm-hmm. uh, event, let's say. it's a good way of putting it. Event's yeah. the right word. Um, there is uh, a bit of a discussion about what to do about it. There's many discussions. Right. But um, the sense of urgency, depending on the category, in that whole big umbrella. Yes. So... You kind of see, it's like, oh, well, everybody's talking about the bees. The bees are very important. The bees are uh, animals. The bees need to be protected. The bees need to be right. replenished. And so everybody's working really hard to replenish the bees. And I believe I've read some good news that we're doing okay And also that. the thing about the bee thing is bees are so important to our agriculture, too. So it's very human-centric. Exactly. Whereas coral Corals. reefs are also undergoing, like, some really severe die-off right now. Yeah. But they're not necessarily, quote-unquote, and I hate putting it this fucking way. I hate, I hate this kind of, like, oh, every species has a purpose. Like, that's not how fucking evolution works. But there's a whole, like, well, coral isn't, quote-unquote, that important to human survival. Exactly. Which is, like... Because One, who gives a shit? It still exists. It deserves yeah. to exist. But also, like, also, we don't actually fucking know if it's not important to human survival or not. We yeah. really don't know that. And that's, you know, uh, the, the uh, I don't know, the political scientist in me is just like, hey, let's not find out. Let's not yeah, find out. let's not trust this theory. You know, when you tell someone uh, who doesn't care about this stuff, oh, hey, the Great Barrier Reef is 90% dead or bleached. Uh, and they say, so... I, the person who gives a shit mm-hmm. is just like, I feel like that should be the case, especially right. since we're the cause of it. It's basically like agricultural runoff that's bleaching mm-hmm. the shit out of it. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe it's not cool. Maybe we should be better stewards of our Yeah, planet. that's why he was so glad you brought up stewardship. Because like steward of the left king, wait, right king, left kingdom. Left kingdom. Left kingdom. I'm like, oh, I love that idea of being a steward. Like, yeah. like it's our responsibility to take care of this planet that we're on. It's apparently... Like, our our responsibility. Yes. Um, so, we've kind of gotten into why you picked this and what you kind of already know. Um, what's, what kind of was, like, your favorite thing about bringing this topic up? Um, or why you, like, what, what made you so, like, what made you present this topic to me? I, I really enjoy studying the boundaries of something. The, mm-hmm. um, I love um, comparing things. Uh, my mm. favorite... Uh, my favorite subject in theology was comparative religions oh, okay. uh, or apologetics, where it's the argument uh, or the defense, uh, as the Greek word uh, connotates, uh, defense of your religion against um, perhaps the viewpoints of others who are not religious or who have other religions and stuff like that. Um, I, I believe you can learn a lot about something from where 
something meets the boundary of something else. Mm, okay. I believe you can learn a lot about Christianity when you see how it differs from Islam, Buddhism, uh, Hinduism. I believe you can learn a lot about English by studying how Spanish operates, how French operates. Especially English, too, because, like, there's, we're just, a, we stole things from so many other languages. Exactly. Yeah. America, in general, is a hodgepodge culture. Yeah. And, and American politics is a huge mix of, like, different politics of the time. Yeah. Because of how we formed when we formed, and yeah. like the like the yeah yeah. All and that there's stuff. a lot of isolationist movements within mm-hmm. us because of our continental structure. Our geography right. has isolated us from the east and the west in large part, and so we've only ever had to quote unquote worry about the um, t- the uh, icy cold north uh-huh. and the usually impoverished. South, and right, this, and that's usually are doing. I'm sorry, I'm getting controversial. Um, <laughs> but uh, the boundaries, the boundaries of something yeah. is where you, I believe, learn the most. So when you kind of answered these questions for me about like why you were interested in this, where your background is, and why you you picked this topic, this kind of guided me a little bit more towards less talking about coral necessarily, which we're gonna get into. Yeah, but. It actually gave me an opportunity to talk about taxonomy mm-hmm. and how we categorize things as biologists. Because there's nothing hard scientists like more than making definitions for things. <laughs> um, philosophers as well. So biologists love to classify things because one, like we're scientists, we're drawn to being like, I want to put thing in box. Like we also were talking before we started recording about Pokemon and how we kept like, for, there's something about nerds and scientists that are just like, I like to collect things and I like to categorize how I collect things. <laughs> um, so there's an entire study of classifying things in biology and it's called taxonomy. And the it comes from a Greek, ancient Greek, basically a lot of shit and uh, science, like biology and science stuff like that comes from either Greek or Latin um, because kind of no one's using those languages that much, especially ancient Greek. I'm yes. not talking like current I studied ancient Greek. Of course you did, because it's probably very important for theology and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And ancient Hebrew. And ancient Hebrew. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's good. I don't remember any of it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I remember dog means fish. What? Yeah. The word dog, as pronounced as such, um, means fish in Hebrew. Weird. That's weird. My Hebrew teacher gave me an Abbott and Costello um, redo. Ah! Where all the words that sound like other words. Um, so, you know, uh, just imagine the nerdiest fucking thing you could yeah. possibly say yeah. in oh a my Hebrew God. class Jesus. at 7 in the morning. And um, imagine me just laughing my ass off yeah. <laughs> at this guy just giving it very, like, straight-faced. Like, all right. All right. Dog is fish. Dog is fish, I guess. Um, so, the ancient Greek basis for taxonomy, taxis, means arrangement. And then nomia means method. And you see that all the time. Nomi is used as a suffix for to mean study. Um, I think ology has a very similar root. Yeah. So taxonomy means... Ology, study, onomy, usually uh, name. Yeah, method or I think organization. I think yeah. nomi means more like a category. Yeah, I think it's more of like a categorical type thing. And ology means like we're going to like pull this apart and figure it out. Theology. Yeah. The study of yeah. God. Study of God. Or religions, I guess. Is it mean study of God? Uh, like, is Theo. This... Theo is God. Well, yes, I, I know that from, but, like, isn't theology just the study of religions? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay you could okay. be a theologian and be, uh, you could study any theology. And still, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, 
So the groups that we create are referred to in general as taxa, is the plural, taxon is singular. Mm -hmm. So we've made them even more specific, but when you're just talking in general about a certain group in biology, refer to it as like, oh, this taxon or these taxa. Okay. Um, Carl Linnaeus, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, he was a, uh, God, I can't remember if he's Swedish or Norwegian, but he was considered the father of modern taxonomy. He was the most obsessive compulsive fucker in biology because he was just like, I'm going to put every animal in a category. Mm. And he also started um, with, uh, so he started out what we now refer to as binomial nomenclature, which is what we use as standard for naming a species. Binomial meaning two okay. names, nomenclature meaning Names. Sometimes this gets repetitive. That's how just like this Greek and Latin sort of works. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's standard for naming species today. So for example, humans are Homo sapiens. It's two words. Homo is the genus. Sapiens is the specific epithet. Hmm. And if you want to start a sh- start shit with a biologist, you treat the species name incorrectly in formatting. <laughs> so the name of the genus should always be capitalized. The specific epithet should always be lowercase. So capital H, homo, homo lo- S, sapien. No, lowercase S, lowercase sa- S sapiens. Okay. It should either be italicized or underlined. Okay. I've usually seen it all lowercase uh, italicized. Yeah, so homo should always be capitalized. There's... Well, in general, I yeah. agree. Pride month, but, um, <laughs> you know. It's not pride month anymore, technically. It's always pride It's month. always pride month. Um, cheers. It's always pride month. Uh, but so... Uh, like my hockey team that back in Chico was named Gulo Gulo. It always got misspelled on the rosters as capital G, capital G, Gulo Gulo. And I'd email them being very angry, like, you should be italicizing this and the second G should be lowercase. God damn it. It never went over well. Um, not a lot of biologists on the ice rink. Not, not a ton. Weirdly. Like they all seem to know better. (laughs) Uh, the other thing is you, my bones are brittle and also, yeah, we're weak (laughs) Um, the other thing is sometimes I just see people try to refer to species as just their specific epithet. You can't do that. We can't be just sapiens. No. It has to be, if you want to make shit shorter, you can abbreviate the genus to just the first letter and refer to it as H sapiens. H dot sapiens. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's, so fantastic. Mr. Fox does this where he, at the end of the Wes Anderson film, he goes through and he like names all the species and it comes up as a caption as Wes Anderson likes to do. And it's the second word is capitalized. And I'm just like, God damn it, Wes Anderson. I love this film, but you fucked this up. I was totally on board for the talking animals, but then you went ahead and fucked it up by messing the capitalization up. Listen, I have a thing. I swear to God, you are canceled. (laughs) Canceled. 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 Hashtag canceled. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have a lot of, you just piss off a biologist at a bar by being like, oh my God. And just like, you can just refer to stuff by their species epithet, right? Even just saying that would just be like, table flip, a la Jake Kilroy. You're not the only biologist I know, but if I want to upset you, I have many other You have lots of other ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, we were talking, you were talking about the shit, how you don't like the shit beer earlier. And I was like, I remember a very specific night that was ruined by me yelling at Jake. Yeah, yelling at Jake Kilroy in a liquor store about Modelo. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jake. A few people ended up driving home and like, with their arms crossed and quiet. In the yeah, there seat. was a lot of sulking going on that night. As we listened to Remix Ignition for the third time in a row. Okay, I was also mad because of that song. Well, you know, uh, that's, that's on you. There's no wow. accounting for taste. Wow. Wow. 
sexual assaulter, R. Kelly. Okay, yes. <laughs> I thought you were calling me a sexual assaulter. Yeah. Oh, like, God, okay. no. Just because I like remix ignition. I mean, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Uh, so, uh... Yeah, he's canceled, too. Canceled, too. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, canceled. R. Kelly? Canceled. Um, so the standard order of classification in biology goes as followed, as follows, although we've added domain into it, which I don't totally talk about because it ruins all the mnemonics I used to know. Um, so domain, like, it goes life domain now, and now it goes the, the, what I'm about to say. Kingdom. But domain isn't important, important for what we talk about today, so I'm not even going to get into it. Um, the standard order of classification goes as follows, kingdom, then phylum, Mm -hmm. class, Order, family, genus, species. I was on board for class. I had a lot of things to say. Yeah, I have a lot of things I'll say about classes. <laughs> class Aves, bird class, best class. I'd say the proletariat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, I'm sorry, what, uh, what phylum does the proletariat belong to? Um, the oppressed. Oh, I yeah. see. <laughs> the oppressed proletariat. So the bourgeoisie is in a different phylum. Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yes. Um, so we had to know this by heart and biology and... A lot of us aren't super great at memorizing things that are in specific orders because that's a lot of words to try and keep in our brain, especially when we're drinking ourselves to death during college. So a lot of us had mnemonics, which are just fun sayings to help you remember. Mm -hmm. There's lots of mnemonics for this. My favorite one, which immediately got me pegged at my NorCal college as being a Southern Californian, was I said, oh, my favorite mnemonic is kids play catch on freeway, get squished. And my professor literally looked at me and goes, you're from Southern California, aren't you? You mentioned freeways. And I'm like... There's, there's like freeways elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. They're kind of all over the place. They're all over the place. And he's like, do you put the in front of the number? And I said, I was like, I feel very attacked. <laughs> I came out here I came learn. out here to have a, a good time and to learn. And now you're making me feel like... I'm attacked? I'm, I have come the police. I think it was actually in this class that I have the textbook that's sitting on the table. Oh, Christ. It was like dropped it and just left. So, for example, humans, because I already brought up homo sapiens. I'm familiar. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I hope it, I would hope so, yeah. unless you know about like some other species of humanoid that we don't know about yet. I feel attacked right now. I feel very attacked right now. Um, Pause so, the recording. <laughs> so we're in Kingdom Animalia, Phylum Chordata, which that's the phylum that includes stuff that have either at least a spine or a proto spine. Okay. Because there's some stuff that has like. Spine-like. The spine-like, it's like turning and like. Spine-ish. If like you will. spine-ish. Yeah. Spine-ish. Um, class mammalia. Mammal. Mammals. Plus, uh, specifically placental mammals, which... I know those. ...is re- re- referenced to last week. As opposed to marsupial mammals. Yeah! And... I haven't listened to the whole episode, yeah, but I, know, I but do know You that. started. <laughs> I do know that. Yeah. Um, order primates. Right. I've, I've met. Uh, you met some primates. I've met some primates. Uh, family hominididae. Which, which most, uh... Most mammal families end with a day at the end. Okay. Um, so hominids. That's the fun way of like shortening like family names. It's hominid. Mm-hmm. Um, our genus is Homo, which there's no number. There's no other living species in that genus. Because because we rest are of them died. we just fucking well also we killed a lot of them. Well, you know, mistakes were made along the way. Okay? <laughs> I don't think it's right to go ahead and start pointing fingers. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> and then our species is Homo sapiens. Um, so the problem with taxonomy is, as much as we like to be, like, very precise in group things, uh, it doesn't always work. Funny, funny, funnily enough, boundaries aren't super clear in a lot of these. (laughs) Whoops. Mm. Oopsies. (laughs) Um, Mm. 
So sometimes uh, the taxa that we have available to us, like kingdom, phylum, order, et cetera, et cetera, don't fully embrace like the levels that things can be separated into. Mm-hmm. So we've created a lot of like uh, half steps between taxa. For example, like super class. So it's above class. So um, like uh, core data could be s- sorted into other super classes before being divided into class mammalia and class whatever. Okay, so like one A and one B. Kind of, yeah, okay. yeah. So they got kind of. There's also infraclass, suborders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, for example, humans belong to the suborder Haplorini. Rini refers to snout or nose. Mm-hmm. It's a suborder in the order primates that refers to the group of dry-nosed primates. So we lost the enzyme. We we have snotty noses, but that's because of our nasal cavities, not because of the skin on our noses. Oh, yeah. Like you know, how you t- touch a dog's nose yeah. to see if they're well, and it's wet. Yes. So most mammals exude a little bit of like moisture on the mm. skin of their nose to keep it wet. Haplorini, our suborder, does not have that. Huh. But the suborder Streptorini, which is what lemurs belong to, still have that that uh, that that development. So lemurs have dry noses? No, lemurs have wet noses because they're streptorini. Okay. Us, New World monkeys, Old World monkeys, and apes all have dry noses. See, this is the fun thing about like the classifications is that, okay, uh, the layman looks at uh, a lemur and a gorilla, a silverback, and just like, oh yeah, uh, one's bigger, one's black, the other one's like white and brown and stuff like that. But then I would have never necessarily gone into, is the nose wet? Check, check its nose. Check its nose. Check I dare, its nose. I fucking dare you. Touch its nose. God damn it. Because neither one of those I want to casually touch the nose of. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. I, um, it just makes me wonder, uh, it makes me think about all the, uh, the f- foundation, the founding of these uh, taxonomies. It's just like, <laughs> oh man, how do I tell the difference between a lemur and uh, a, touch a human? Oh, the nose is wet. The nose, the nose is wet. There we go. Sometimes okay. it's that stupid. It's sometimes like, this guy's missing a digit on his thumb. Different suborder. Like something. It's sometimes it's that dumb. Yeah. But lemurs are still prime. Like lemurs are still in primates. Mm-hmm. They're just not monkeys, apes, or anything like that. They're lemurs because they have wet noses. Huh. Yeah. Um. There's a whole nother. Um. Actually, there's one thing I want to get into. I know we want to kind of take a break, but let me. I want to just get through this one thing really fa- mm-hmm. first. Um, sometimes the definition of those borders of separation between taxa is very vague. Um, the, there's a kingdom that's a great example of this that I'm going to get into later. Okay. Um, ideally, everything in a taxa should descend from the same common ancestor. And what I mean by common ancestor is not... Well, I mean, the, sometimes the example I use is like, listen, your cousin is a different individual than you. But you share traits with your grandmother. Right? Theoretically. Theoretically. I, I, I've been banished from my family for <laughs> many years. Whereas, unfortunately, I've yet to be banned from my extended family gathering. I don't know how that worked out. Yeah. I was the good son. How did I get banished? It's because I'm like I'm a sixth. Mom, are you listening <laughs> to this podcast? <laughs> I have some words for you. God damn, I need another drink. <laughs> Uh, so it's kind of the same idea. Different species, they're not they're not the same species. I am not the same person as my cousin. This one species is not the same species as that. But they share a lineage with a grandmother, okay. with a common ancestor. Um, I've seen the charts. You've seen the charts. Yeah. Well, sometimes people. We do, all yes. came from coral reefs. We all 
came from Coral Lake. Yeah. We all share a common ancestor with Coral Lake. Yes. This is how we should rephrase this. This drives me nuts. There's very pedantic things. I'm being things. silly, by the way. I know I you're know. being silly, but this is just like. <laughs> I don't know if this is being picked up on the recording. I'm being silly. <laughs> being silly. Um, so, sharing a common ancestor. A common ancestor is not a more archaic form of a species that still exists today. Yes. Uh, like Which the is a problem. The, yes. The people who say, if we evolve from monkeys, why are there still so monkeys, monkeys Yeah, it's just like, we didn't actually evolve from monkeys. We evolved from a common ancestor we share from with monkeys. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, the great example is last week's podcast where we're talking about monotremes and marsupials and how Gondwana has a lot of archaic species on it. What I mean by archaic species is they still have traits. But no magic. They're, no, that's arcane. Oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> Um, I studied the humanities. I should remember that for my magic yeah, class. <laughs> Wait, you guys have magic classes in the fucking humanities? Yeah. Is that like... school. Uh... We have to know thy enemy, right? Right. So we learn, you know, wicked. Is, what about the wine, the water into wine trick? Isn't that magic? No. Or is that just wine? No, we can only do it the other way around. Um, we can only turn wine into water. It's like how you don't own beer, you rent it. Yeah. That's like something I brought that up last week. <laughs> and Becca was like, I've never heard that. She was like so overjoyed. Only alcoholics tell that joke. <laughs> I feel very attacked right now. You always feel attacked right now. <laughs> um, so something like a monotreme, an egg-laying mammal, for example, that has very, like, lizardy kind of traits, they're not necessarily, an, they're not, like, it's not this, like, archaic thing has persisted for millions of years. Right. They happen to share a number of traits that our common ancestor had. Yeah. We just don't have them anymore. Yeah. Which makes some sense. Like, with our, um, shoot, what, what's the term for... Things we have that we don't necessarily need anymore, like... Vestigial. Uh, vestigial, thank you. Like, we still have tailbones. Tailbones. We still have tailbones. We still have the appendix. We don't really need it anymore, but we still have it. Yeah. But you, like, you look across, like, for example, New World monkeys and Old World monkeys. They're monkeys. They're still very closely related to us. Our common ancestor event had a tail. We just happened to get rid of it, yeah. for the most part. But they still have a fully functional tail, the lucky sons of bitches. I don't know about you. I would love to have a tail. I hide mine. Oh... A I'm sorry, do you feel bad? Oh, whoa, okay, this is good. We're not talking about this. I'm a Saiyan. <laughs> I forgot to tell you. I forgot to tell you. Um, so ideally with these taxa, the whole thing is the narrower you get, the more narrow the common ancestor was. Okay. Um, so species, hopefully our common ancestor is basically homo sapiens, but like primates, we share a common ancestor with lemurs, mm-hmm. new world monkeys, old world monkeys, apes. Yes. What are New World and Old World monkeys? They're, uh, because I'm thinking, uh, you know, monkeys in America as opposed to the old country. So, the old country. The so, old country. monkeys monkeys all are kind of monkey-ish, but New World monkeys, monkeys that are from South America, and monkeys that are from, like, Africa, India, Indonesia. Okay. They're all monkeys. They have very monkey-like traits. They have very different lineages. Okay. So, they, like, at first glance, they're all like, oh, look, this is a monkey. But if you actually look at their teeth, like their dentition is very different, their teeth are very different, hmm. and certain developmental things are very different to the point where it's like, oh, obviously these actually come from different shit. I don't remember where the cutoff is. It's, I think, uh, families. Okay. They're very different families. Um, the Hatfields and the McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, if you look at really cute ass, adorable, like New World monkeys, and then compare them to, let's say, like baboons uh-huh. which are an old world monkey they're an african monkey yeah. look very different but they're both obviously still monkeys yeah okay 
Yeah. Does that make sense? That is what I assumed. Okay. But I did not want to assume because this is supposed to be an education. This is supposed experience. to be educated. I appreciate you raising your hand and asking me that question. That's very appropriate. Well, I was a student for a very long time. Yeah. Some habits die hard, like drinking. <laughs> drinking, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, academia is just in alcoholism. <laughs> Whoa, we weren't allowed to drink in class because we lived on a, I was a dry campus. We were a wet campus. You had to be 21 and you had to like prove to the res office that yeah. you knew how to handle yourself. But wow. That was basically it. So jealous. We just had to hide our alcohol in lab fridges. We would literally put labels on fridges being like, don't open this. There's chemicals in it, which isn't a lie. <laughs> True. Everything's a chemical. Everything is a chemical. No, we, uh, they actually got rid of that rule not oh. long after I graduated. Boo. God yeah. damn these fucking kids that don't know how to hold their goddamn alcohol. Yeah. <sighs> It was something the school always wanted to do, but mm. our theology department is uh, full of alcoholics, and so they'd always fight it tooth and nail. But they, I love that it's the theology department be like, no, 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 you're not fucking taking our alcohol away from us. Every one of my theology professors had a bottle of something in the bookshelves. Was this here in the States or in Scotland? Here in the States. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, they were they were proper alcoholics over there. They didn't hide any of this. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Uh, Scotland doesn't give a shit. Yeah, they... they uh, Every one of my professors had a bottle of scotch or whiskey or something like that <laughs> on the, uh, the bookshelves. And my uh, Hebrew final was actually drinking um, some really nice scotch with my professor and the two other guys in my class. Uh, and playing a game of munchkin. Oh man, that sounds great! Anyways, I'm trying to get, to, get mm. us to a break. Uh, so, uh, I talked about common ancestors. So, unfortunately, some of these taxa that we've come up with, because we did not have DNA up until like 20 years, a- 20 years ago... Um, we had some groups that end up being what we call paraphyletic or groups that do not share a common ancestor. Hmm. So you're covering multiple dr- branches that don't necessarily all relate back to one individual species, okay. which is not good. Cause that's not a, that's not a good group, yeah. right? Like that doesn't actually, these two things don't belong together. Yeah. It doesn't fully represent what that group should actually be. Okay. There's a kingdom, like I said earlier, that very specifically gets into this. Okay. I'll come back to it. So, um, we're hopefully getting better at this with DNA, but it's gotten a lot trickier to identify groups because now DNA is on the scene and all the definitions we used to use are kind of like thrown out the window. Yeah. Turns out they were kind of good. They weren't the worst, but we still have th- Basically more. Basically going off of phenotypes as opposed to genotypes. Exactly. And yeah. we'll get into that, but both of us need to take a break because we're both empty. Yes. And I need to pee again. Me too. Because I broke the seal earlier. <laughs> so I'm going to pause it and we will be right back, folks. All right, folks, we are back. Both of us have switched over to Black Butte Porter for our drink of choice. Um, one, because Richard had a vine <laughs> that he made about it where uh, there was some confusion about whether it was butt or butte. Um, Sponsored by Black Butte Porter. Black Butte Porter. Black Butte? Beautiful butt? Beautiful butt. Beautiful butt. Um, but also, it's very appropriate because this is one of the first beers I learned to drink beer on. Um, after I turned 21... I met this guy who is uh, now my boyfriend, and at the time we started hanging out, I was like, I like beer, and he's like, I think that's a fucking lie, and uh, it turns out I don't like Coors, <laughs> is what I had been exposed to. Nobody really likes Coors, they just drink. Drink Coors, we're gonna piss my mom off. My mom loves Coors. Is she listening to your science podcast? She might. Oh, well. Yeah. That's so, very supportive of you, my... Mrs. Foxette. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Mama Foxette. Um, but Blackie Porter is like a really nice, my just smooth, not she's not, yeah, no, she's not. No. Um, so Blackie Porter is like a really smooth, easy drinking, really friendly Porter. 
like it's kind of chocolatey and kind of coffee without being too bitter about it. I feel like most porters. That's why I like porters. Yeah, a lot. Por- porters are great. They're Dude, like a warm hug. They're a warm hug. Like on work at work right now, we have a porter on nitro right now, and it's just like it's hot, so I'm not usually drinking porters. And I like we got it on, and I poured a little bit of it. And I'm like, oh, I'm drinking this at the end of my shift like it's just so nice they're really good winter beers yes i I do like the darker beers i like the porters and the stouts generally speaking but because they are so heavy and they're so warm and that and because we are in the middle of southern california we're in a desert basically yeah that it's just nothing but you know light beers for me yeah these days actually i've been drinking uh, hard liquor to try and save on the calories oh yeah because, you know, I got to have my alcohol, but I can convince myself <laughs> that I'm being healthy if I drink, if I drink. Uh, just a few less calories. Yeah. Um, well, so like, with my Chipotle burrito, I'll go ahead and have a mm-hmm. fifth of Tullamore whiskey. Well, Beck and I kind of talked about, we're like, we need to start drinking vodka because both of us are trying to lose weight. And I'm like, we're, wow, okay. Yeah. You can just stop drinking. We can stop. No. 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 That never no, enters into the conversation. No. I just started a podcast that's about drinking. You well, started like, a podcast record. about biology. Drinking was kind of just... Don't I feel very attacked right now? Okay, that that was not I. I, I <laughs> uh, it's not my intention. So uh, we paused at the point where we we're talking about issues with taxa and mm-hmm. the problems with it. So the whole thing that has been kind of a whole series of debate, and I'm gonna kind of breeze over it really quickly so we can get to back to corals, is that it has been more and more tricky to define a species. I'm gonna breeze over the controversy. Teach the controversy, well, Stevie. Well, no, it's not. It's honestly that much of a controversy, and it's more. It's, it's the the more the end. Spoiler, the end of this is like it's kind of all of the species concepts. That's mm-hmm. what we kind of use now to define a species. It started out as to define a species like you had a type specimen that was kept in a museum, preserved. And you're basically like, all right, if it's in a reasonable margin of error of looking like this, then it is this. Mm-hmm. Then it is this species. See. As somebody who watches you as a birder, I could not tell two birds apart if my life depended on it. Right. Like, <laughs> if coloration and size, anything after that, I'm just like, but, I, look, I know, what, I know what an owl looks like. I know what a penguin looks like. But if you show me two waterfowl, <laughs> and you're just like, hey, that one's a gull, and that one's a... Uh, Help me here. Uh, I'd, I'd, well, waterfowl means duck, so you already fucked up by saying gull. Sorry. So, like, let's say you saw Christ. a gull. So, the same or um, the same order of stratiformes between gulls and sandpipers. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell the difference between no, the two. No, I, I cannot tell the Whereas difference. Whereas I can be like, it is this specific sandpiper. Uh, so this excuse is a, me? Excuse me. I'm pushing my glasses up my nose. So, this is a game specifically for nerds of, like, if it looks like this, which is how I bird, honestly. Would you say, if it looks like a duck... And it quacks like a duck. Then it's a duck. Then it would, in fact, be yeah. of the species duck. Well, of the fucking family duck. <laughs> the family duck, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, the nephews. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the McDuck family. McDuck family. So that's how it started. And then we got to a certain point where we kind of understood ecology more. And it's like, okay, well, it's not just if it looks like this. If it looks like this and it's in this area... And it only reproduces with other things that look like it, therefore it's a species. Yeah, because a species can only uh, reproduce with its, within itself. Which is oh. not true. <laughs> um, for the most part, I'm it is. I'm a terrible biologist. No, 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 that's, no, 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 no. That's the thing that we struggle with a lot is because, theoretically, like, the whole thing we've all been told at the basic levels of biology is, like, if it makes offspring that can't have other offspring, 
then it's different species, like mules. Yes. That's the one I know about. The problem is there's a lot of species, especially of duck, not to get into ducks too much, but there's species of duck that can mate and have offspring that actually are reproductive. Like, they have sperm and or eggs that work. The problem is they don't look or act like any one of the... Like, they don't look or act like mom or they don't look or act like dad. Therefore, they can never find a mate. Huh. So, in theory... Did you say it's an ugly duckling? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, I, I, I really get referential when I drink. So, uh, yeah, Jesus. Uh, the whole point is, like, it looks too weird to fuck anybody, but if it fucked someone, it could make viable babies. So, and you just described the incel community. Oh, Lord. Technically, they could mate and produce offspring, but they look so weird. They're just <laughs> unfucking touchable. <laughs> they are just a cast into themselves. Well, they don't just look so weird. They're also kind of horrible people. Well, there's that too. Yeah. You know, anybody who self-describes as an incel is off on a great start. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just nobody will fuck me. This is my identity now. Sorry, I'm sorry. If if your identity is super tied up and no one fucking you. You might need to do some self self uh, some, repair. Yeah, some self reflection. Yeah, it's t- it's time to look within, my my dude. Mm-hmm. These guys who are so fascinated with red pills, so it's like maybe you should look behind the illusion. Illusion, <laughs> maybe just think about yourself. Um, so then they started kind of trying to get into like the evolutionary history. So it's just like okay, if this group shares an evolutionary history, they share a common ancestor. They look like this. They act like this, and when they fuck, they make viable offspring, then they're a species. Okay. So this is, so there, it's, if you will, an evolving definition. Mm-hmm. So and now, it used to be, if they look alike, cool, but now that we have DNA and we can kind of... Right. So this is where it's going. Phylogenetic species concept now throws DNA into the mix, and so it's just like, listen, if we do some DNA analysis and this evolutionary line holds true, then yes, they are a species. The whole thing is... Because we're scientists, we want one definition sometimes. And to be honest... You guys are so uptight about having vague answers, you know? <laughs> Join the humanities. Just, we don't have answers to anything. anything. We just like asking the questions. Just, and, and getting drunk we, and talking we about We like them. asking the questions and watch everyone fucking just go crazy. Yeah, you know, start a few wars about it. You mm-hmm. know, it's you kind know of just, crusades, whatever. What one does. What know. one does. We're scientists now, are like... that's a study. <laughs> that's a field of study. Yeah. Scientists are like, I, please, I need this fucking defined in two sentences that I can cite in a paper, please. <laughs> Which turns out the answer is, like, it's, it's kind of a mix of all of them. DNA is the, like, undisputed, like, best way to kind of determine this. Okay. But then you have stuff like, like the ducks I was talking about. Obviously, they are different species of ducks. They look different. They act different. But every once in a while, they cross over and they can make a viable offspring. Hmm. If certain things conspire... Could they be mutants? Are they like X-Ducks? Yeah. You know. I'm just waiting for the I would first really mallard li- I would to really like. I would really ducks. like to see like a Jean Grey Phoenix duck. Yeah. I'd be into that. <laughs> I'd be Jean down. Grey, the, uh, I cannot do a Phoenix duck uh, pun off the top of my head because mm. I don't know nothing about ducks. Oh, shit. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. For the one time, I don't know enough to know pun. So, we're fairly good at organizing things, but there's a lot of things that we're just like, oh, look, this isn't organized as cleanly as we would like. So, is the DNA the end-all be-all? Is that kind of the the, the It's not the end-all be-all, but I think we're using it since it, it's... <sighs> DNA is weirdly math. Like, DNA, if you kind of think a about it... statistics and, like... 
oh, it's a lot like this. DNA kind of becomes numbers. Yeah. And there's a lot of research going on right now that I haven't gotten into because I'm just like, it's a lot. Like, uh, there's some research right now and some experiments going on right now where they're using DNA as like data chips. And they're just coding. Oh, yeah. I yeah. read about that where they, they were able to store some information in yes. DNA. And they're like, oh, shit, we have a ton of storage if we do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gone. That gets into some weird philosophical. Unethical questions as yeah. well. Yeah. That's so my I, territory. I know. That's, that's, your, that's your shit. Yeah. I haven't gotten super into it yet because I was just like, whoa. And then I haven't had time. It's been a whirlwind few days. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't gotten super into it, but I'm like excited to read into that. But DNA can store a lot of data. And honestly, that's all DNA is. Data storage yeah. and our bodies are really good at accessing that data storage and expressing it in a way that we actually get functions out of it. Hmm. Or structures, things like that. So if you think of DNA that way, that makes a lot of sense here. It does. I'm sorry, my mind just went into some odd places. Um, since I work in tech, um, all my references aren't necessarily Marvel-based. Uh, they are <laughs> tech-related. So if DNA is information, uh, something is expressing them uh, uh-huh. phenotypically. Right. So something is uh, making your nose look that way, your hair that color, and stuff like that. So like that brings me to the question, what is the operating system? What is... RNA. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because it goes through and reads DNA and encodes proteins based off the DNA. That would so make that's sense. kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, so that's so cool. we like you're not wrong. Like you're not wrong in saying the DNA is the end all be all. There's a lot of other things that come into it, yeah. but basically everything develops from expression of DNA. Therefore, DNA is information, and if you're trying to categorize things, why would not you use yeah. its basic? Information, the building blocks. So, if you will. some of the things that have kind of come out of this, and I'm sorry it's bird related, but that's because what I know. I took ornithology in 2008. We're now 10, 10, 11 years past that. Oh, God. No. Yeah, tell me about it, dude. <laughs> um, so, starting a podcast, you know, youthens you. So, you, it, it, you know. Yeah, I also look 23, so I'm not mad about life. <laughs> um, I am, but for entirely different reasons. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there's just bird stuff that has come out because we kind of had birds, because birds are so <laughs> perfect for people that are obsessive about grouping things because birds kind of fit very, like, very well, like, the whole, like, we look like blank, therefore we are blank kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, the more DNA kind of analysis we do, the more we're like, oh, shit, kind of our, some of our organization shit isn't 100% correct. So things like pelicans, cormorants, boobies, all of that kind of... I knew I was going to write... I, when I was writing boobies down in my notes, I'm like, Richard's going to laugh. Hey, I was do, making sure not to do it audibly for this recording, but, <laughs> but I knew you I had gonna, to out me sorry, I knew as it was gonna a happen. fucking immature child. <laughs> 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 okay, fair enough. Anyways, all that stuff. To be fair, birding is just a very giggle-heavy, he- like... I, I know experienced birders... You look a tit. A tit. Well, d- dude, when I go out with experience, other tits... When I go out with other experienced birders, well, we don't call woodpeckers woodpeckers. We call them peckers, which is really funny when you see a hairy pecker or a downy pecker. Look, I've seen my share <laughs> of downy that? peckers in my life, and I would like to take all of it back. <laughs> Birder, side note, birders are the filthiest ones out there. Of course. But all these, all these kind of weird seabird things, they were just grouped into one order, Pelicania formis. But now all this DNA research comes out and it's just like, oh, it turns out it's just like a bunch of different orders. Sorry about it. And I'm like, I'm so mad about it because I'm like, I learned this. 
and I equated it to memory, and now it's irrelevant. How mad are you though? Because you guys love like explore. Like I feel like for most biologists, it's like ooh. A new a thing. New, a new classification. To a certain extent, it's great. It's but like also, finding a new type in the next Pokemon game. It's but like, you also, ooh, steel type? Type? Ooh. ooh. Steel type, I guess a magnet. That's fair. But also, when they introduce, like, let's say, steel type, I'm like, fuck, I don't automatically know what the counters for this anymore are. It, it makes me angry when I don't know something off the top of my head anymore. So that's why I get mad when they fuck up, and now there's Suliformies, which all the boobies are in. God damn it. Are you telling <laughs> me there's a place where they keep all the boobies? <laughs> Show me Sign this place. me up. Um, the other one oh, that's trippy. Making me sound way more mature than I, think <laughs> I actually am, or as I present myself. But this recording is really just <clears throat> doing me in. So the other one that was trip was when I learned ornithology. Falcons are and hawks were in separate orders, mm-hmm. but were very closely related. Now that they've done DNA analysis, turns out falcons are actually probably more closely related to parrots. Which, if you look at, like, a peregrine falcon or a kestrel or something, they have much of a, more of a cute parrot face. Yeah. Their beak's a little smaller and more, like, hooked. Their eyes are a little bit bigger. See, I'm not entirely surprised by that. But then again, I have not had a basis of understanding. Sure. Uh, but it, formed but the other this. thing is, too, is, like, oh, like, even me, I was like, oh, that actually makes some sense. Yeah. So It's like when somebody told me, it was like, oh, a panda's closer to a raccoon than an actual bear. I'm like, okay. Well, that. red pandas are. Really? I thought... Actual pandas. I don't know enough about actual pandas. Okay. This is the second time actual pandas have come up while recording. Yeah? And I hate them. Well, what do you have against pandas? They fucking... They're like, they're like koalas. They're garbage. They eat inefficient plant products. So do we. No, we're well... We're drinking beer. We're drinking beer. No, barley's a... are drinking... No. barley. No, barley's a very efficient, like, plant product. They're barley is the shit. Up. No, barley's the shit. Barley grows in all sorts of environments. That's why beer is so. That's why beer is so prevalent. We are drinking poison. Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, but humans are, like humans also eat capsaicin, which is basically a plant that evolved that was like, listen, fuck you, mammals. Okay, I don't eat that. No, I but I do. You massive. Okay, I'm a masochist in yeah. different ways, but I don't do the spicy stuff. Wait, I'm gonna talk about capsaicin at another point. Okay. All right. So, taxa aren't clean is basically what we've talked about. We try to the best of our abilities. I think biologists try really hard to group things accurately. Well, you know, I feel like if biologists were able to identify everything always, uh, you would get to that Futurama episode where the professor learns what the mo- what the basic structure of the universe is and then has nothing else to do because he's yeah. just like, well, I, exactly. I've done it all. I I accomplished my life's work. If I don't have to, if I don't have any more knowledge to pursue, then what's the point? Yeah, a scientist doesn't necessarily. Want, I mean, we're all we're both academics in one mm-hmm. form or another, um, and so we're both spurned by uh, are, are, are spurred on by uh, curiosity and mm-hmm. questions and stuff like that, and we want to know the answers to them. But if we ever ran out of questions, we'd be like, oh, okay, well, it's it's time to lie down. <laughs> yeah, just lie down. Time. I'm done. <laughs> So, this kind of more addresses what your fascination with organization is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, now that we've kind of gone through that, I want to go back to the original question at hand, which was, oh, corals are actually animals? Yes. So, for that, we got to back up all the way to kingdoms. Okay. So, um, kingdoms, when I learned them when I was little, were five. Now, there's sort of six. But now, like, there's sort of six now, but one of them is basically, like, 
garbage a garbage can. A garbage kingdom. Yeah, and so it's the, like Mordor. It's, the, nobody yeah, really wants no to go one there. really wants to go there. And so we're trying to break that one up now. And also, what this is You're causing to divide a kingdom. Yeah, wow, you guys are way more politically involved. Than <laughs> just it's just Game of Thrones out there, man. Ah, man, you guys are just anti-monarchy. Just brother, brotherhood without banners. Just being like, man, <laughs> fuck this. Algae are a different thing. Oh, shit. So, so um, most biologists, at least here in the States, say that there's six kingdoms. And like I said, one is kind of garbage. Um, you have, well, funny enough, there's seven in Game of Thrones, so keep up. Oh, yeah. God damn it. We're fucking up already. You have to make up a new one. Yeah. To make, to keep Don't things worry, mainstream. we're working on it. To keep things mainstream, you know. Keep the sciences fresh. You keep gotta rebrand. Yeah. You gotta rebrand. Reach out Hashtag. to the kids. <laughs> Hashtag, Jamie Lannister's hot. <laughs> TikTok science. TikTok science. Oh god. Um, See, you're already on TikTok. You're already thinking. No, I don't want to want to be on TikTok. You're already making like uh, uh, trending uh, mm. hashtags. Like that's gonna trend. Absolutely, it would. Jesus. So we've got Animalia and Plantae. So Animalia's animals, Plantae's plants, and I'm not gonna go into them in detail right now because we're gonna come back right. to them talking about coral. I want to get through all the other ones first. We have kingdom fungi, which is like mushrooms, yeasts, molds, as Richard points to himself. Yeah. Fungi. Fungi. Hey. Um, so fungi, mushroom, mold, stuff like that. So fungi is kind of like, I hate to say it this way, but it's kind of like a weird plant-animal amalgamation. Yeah. Because they have very planty things. They're kind of more structured. They don't really move nearly as much. Um, but instead of cellulose in their cell walls, they use chitin. Okay. And... Um, they're not homotrophic. They're heterotrophic. They ha- require nutrients from other sources. Okay. They can't, As opposed to producing it themselves. They can't produce it themselves. Right. Um, and then we have protista, which is the garbage kingdom I was talking about, which basically protozoa used to be a sub, or it used to be a uh, phylum within animalia, but then we're like, oh shit, none of these are actually animals. This doesn't work this way. So protistas become kind of this catch-all for stuff that's not animal, plant, fungi, or bacteria. Okay. So, right now, if you're in Protista, you're actually not, like, I looked this up on Wikipedia because they try and keep up with that. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, Wikipedia has actually become kind of a viable source for things. I remember when we were in high school and they're like, don't use Wikipedia, it's terrible. And now I, like... They cite their sources all the time. They cite their sources all the time. They're one of the better ones for citing sources. Yeah. Um, Yeah, people do, like, funny stuff on there, like, editing to say (laughs) that, like... Um, Lawrence Fishburne is dead, but it's basically like changed the next minute. Next minute, like, yeah. Uh, no, that person's not allowed to make edits anymore. anymore uh, yeah, it's been updated. So Protista, um, basically at this point, has become this weird unranked. Like if you're in Protista, you're kind of your own thing, and you're not in a kingdom anymore. Which my my original like biology brain coming into biology like 15 years ago and at a college level is just like. I don't like that these things aren't grouped anymore. Yeah. Well, they're grouped in that they're not grouped. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it's this uncertainty. I- it's the island of misfit toys. It's the island of misfit toys. 100%. Um, it's a squirt gun. So some, thi- some, some things that are famous that are in Protista are amoebas. Um, some algaes. Green algae is plants. But things like red and brown algae are technically... Like, and some singular cellular algae is actually protista. There's, okay. Yeah. There's multiple forms of algae. That's, I mean. That aren't even related to each other. So I don't know why we're all calling them all algae. That, that is the part that kind of gets me, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, names kind of just stick, but 
Huh. Like kelp. You know the kelp off the coast of California? Yeah. Protist. Really? Yep, not a plant. How... How does that fly? Operates totally differently biologically. I didn't have time to go into the full details of it, but I knew that I've known this for a long time, and they operate in a really weird You've way. Known this for a long time, and you're just telling me now. <laughs> this is mind blowing. What the <laughs> hell, Stevie? Sorry. Do you need a second? Do you yeah. need to stop recording? Hold on. Kelp off the coast of California <laughs> is not a plant. It is something else entirely. Is there any other kind of kelp that is? Well, kelp in general is just protista. It's not. Oh, plants. okay. Well. My yeah. mind is not blown anymore. It just repeats itself. Together. But still, they're very plant-like for not being plants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, bacteria recently got split into two. So you have Ar- Ar- archaea, uh, which used to be known as archaebacteria. So it's like a very archaic form of bacteria. They don't share a, the similar uh, DNA or evolutionary line to other bacteria. So archaea is like extremophiles. Like bacteria that live in sulfur pots and volcanoes, in the trenches at the bottom of oceans, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's archaea. So it's like bacteria that's like... Remote, isolated. Very remote, isolated, uh, kind of lives in environments that you really think nothing living should kind of be in. Um, this apartment? <laughs> have you told me something about, let's not, should we not be in here right now? Well, so far I've already claimed to be uh, not a human, a Saiyan. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you're archaea is I what you're I'm saying. You identify... <laughs> yeah. As Kingdom Archaea. Well, you know, not a lot could live in here. But. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. Um, and then there's eubacteria, or just called bacteria, which who is basically... Who, who are you calling bacteria? Who are you calling bacteria? Eubacteria. Eubacteria. No, eubacteria. No, eubacteria. No, eubacteria. <laughs> Everybody gets bacteria. Ah. Bees. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> gif is So funny. traditional bacteria, stuff that makes us sick, stuff that lives in our gut... The traditional thing that you think of when you think bacteria is eubacteria. Okay. Um, How is that spelled? E-U bacteria. E-U bacteria. Like I was talking last week on the podcast. I was talking last week on the podcast about eutherians. E-U stands in either Latin or ancient Greek as being true. Or good. And yeah, eugenics. That's the example I brought up last week too. Where I'm like, I hate. You brought up eugenics on your first episode. Listen, listen, I said I felt bad that that's what I thought about, but that was the first like, like prefix that came to mind. Can I say mine? Uh huh. You're familiar with the word utopia, right? Well, you know, it's supposed to mean like perfect place or good place. It's utopos or utopos. Either the perfect place or the place that cannot exist. Exactly. Yeah. So if it really meant perfect place, it's a Greek um, pun. It, uh, Those Greeks and their say, puns. To say that it, it sounds like utopos, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, would be a good place. But the fact that they use the U that connotates no or doesn't exist. So it is no place. No good place exists. No perfect place, place exists. exists. It's a Greek play on words. Jesus Christ. The Greeks. So those are what we call the six kingdoms. Like I said, Protista is like in the process of being blown up. Like we're not. It's getting really big right now. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Everyone wants to be a protist. All the kids are into it. Like all the kids are into it. Zoomers. Zoomers are really into it. Oh God. They're on Twitch. They're discovering. Is there a TikTok account for fucking protists right now? Maybe that should be my TikTok account. Like just as a joke. Protista coming at you. A joke to this reference on a single episode on your podcast. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I've been doing it. (laughs) 
I'm for it. I support it entirely. So the two kingdoms I kind of breezed over. Mm-hmm. And were the two kingdoms that started off as being like everyone categorized like you're either an animal or a plant. Which it turned out was like, oh fuck, that's not true. Yeah. And fungi was the first of them to be like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, these don't work. So we have animalia and plantae. Which is appropriate because as we're talking about coral. coral. Are they animals or are they plants? So kingdom animalia is defined by a couple different things. Um, both kingdom animalia and plantae actually are eukaryotic, which means that they have nuclei in their cells. Right. So prokaryotic means like pre... I didn't look up the Latin and Greek for this, I ran, so I started running out of time. Um, so pro is in before. Yeah. And you meaning true. So true cells... Cells with nuclei is really important for development and all that stuff. Yeah. So both animal, animalia and plantae have nuclei in their cells. Okay. Um, so kingdom animalia, eukaryotic, have nuclei, for example, and are multicellular. Mm-hmm. There's very few animals that exist for any length of time in a single-celled organism. Most of the stuff that kind of shows other animal-style t- characteristics that's unicellular got shoved into protista. Okay. Um... They don't have cell walls, so they don't have hardy cell walls that have cellulose in them. Our cells are squishy. Mm-hmm. Um, most animals, except for the most archaic groups, their cells have tissues, like muscle tissue, nervous tissue, stuff like that. Yeah. Only like some of the more, more archaic forms, like pre-Nidarians, have non-differentiated uh, tissues, like sponges. Okay. Sponges are just like, they just have the cells that kind of all do the same thing. Okay. Um, but once you start getting even past sponges and archaicness, uh, once you st- still get a little bit newer, they start to like form different tissues. Like even the stuff we're talking about today with corals, which are a pretty archaic group, have, they have very distinct like, yeah. this is my gut tissue, this is my outer tissue. Yes. Um, most animals use sexual reproduction to reproduce, and most of them use meiosis to create haploid cells. Which means that they're cells with half the usual number of DNA in them. Mm-hmm. Because ideally you want to take those cells, which are gametes, and combine them to make an embryo for another animal. Right. Whereas plants don't always do it that way. Hmm. Which is weird. That was another question I pondered asking. Yeah. Uh, and then um, they, uh, when, they do, when those haploid cells come together, they form a hollow sphere of cells called a blastula. Most animals start as blastulas. So a little tiny, like, sphere of cells that don't have any differentiation at all. They're just, like, a little ball of cells. And eventually they start to differentiate. And there's a lot of um, differentiation between and in animals, which this always makes me laugh. Um, there's lots of organismal stuff, organizational stuff that happens with animals based on whether you form your butthole first or your mouth first. See, from a blastula. You goddamn biologist. Like, it's. I, I, I thought the wet nose thing was enough, but it was like, oh man, this thing developed a butthole real fast. We should put it in another group. So honestly, like, um, most more quote unquote advanced uh, animals form their butthole first. Most early animals form their mouth first. So like, sea anemones, all that stuff, form their mouth first. But then starfish got pushed into the like more advanced type of animals because they make their butthole first as do we huh i think i'm done learning <laughs> you're like I'm... i i i i don't think i can take it just <laughs> make it stop wow i don't know as much about buttholes i didn't expect buttholes to come up in this conversation 
But you know what? I should have assumed. Yeah. It's biology. Gross shit comes up regularly. Yeah. Um, So uh, animals are heterotrophic, meaning that they require consuming something else to get their energy. Yes. They cannot create energy on their own from other energy sources. Right. Like plants. Yeah. So we we have to we have to eat something. Consuming stuff. Right. Breaking it down. And then animals, for the most part, can move at some stage of their life. Which is important. That's an interesting. Well, I imagine that's some, important. I remember my zoology professor teach like saying very specifically, he's like, they don't have to move at every stage, mm-hmm. but at one of the stages, they are mobile. Hmm. I mean, I know that's relevant to what, coral. Yeah, coral. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious as to what else that applies. Like to. sea anemones, they guess. they're stationary, but their their larvae can move around the ocean. Okay, because yeah, I watched in the documentary. I see them crawling across the ocean. Mm-hmm. Tunicates, which are one of the early ancestors of chordates, are pretty stationary, but they're again their larvae, their babies are mobile. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like because movement, I don't want to get ahead of no, you. No, no, no. Go for it. Um, uh, a lot of uh, I guess my classification or what I know what I base these thoughts on is movement. But um, the episode that they do on plants, they speed things up and they show you that basically things are moving like all the time, even the plants, even the corals. Um, And so I'm just like, all right, that's a metric that's not worth like delving into. So the whole thing, the difference with that is, is animals can move from point A to point B. There's some migration that can occur if they want that to happen. Whereas a plant is rooted. Once literally. it sprouts, a plant ain't going anywhere. Okay. That, so good. they can like turn towards the sun or like a Venus flytrap can snap shut on an insect or something like that. But for the most part, they are in the same spot their whole life. Okay. That seems... Where, where the difference is even larval forms of sea anemones and corals can move. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's like a huge thing. I feel like that's... Not arbitrary, but I feel like well, that's... like life, all life can move. Yeah, honestly, I mean, even inanimate objects move on a molecular level. So I'm just like, right, yeah. at a certain point, where Move, do you stop? Movement, movement isn't actually that important. Yeah, I know, I, I, but I know that I realize <coughs> thinking about this that that is where a lot of my preconceived notions come from. Right. So, kingdom plantae, some of the definitions of plants. Again, eukaryotic and multicellular, just like animals. But their cells are surrounded by cell walls containing cellulose. So they have a bit more structure around their cells. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know why this is in plants and not necessarily in other things, but it is because mostly they're stationary. And I think they have to support a certain structure within the cell to do support coroplasts, which I'll get into in a second. They're hardier um, than us. Yes, to a certain extent. Because plants are usually homotrophic, meaning they use coroplasts, to perform photosynthesis. So they have these little organelles, which are tiny organs inside cells. And the coroplasts are green because it's a really good wavelength to capture light. Yeah. Actually, no, green's the worst wavelength, so that's when they reflect black at us. They capture all the other ones. They use the energy from the sun to make sugar. Yes. So they take in carbon dioxide. Glucose? And since, yeah, it's mostly glucose, yeah. but so, fructose as well. Okay. And yeah. starches, more complex sugars. Um, I'm trying to show off, but you're yeah. immediately reminding me that I know nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, you knew for you knew glucose. That I, was good. I, I I know words. Yeah, I know some words. Some words. I took a biology class once. 
Sure, the woman didn't speak a lot of English, but I picked up parts. That is not a knock against her. She was a very good teacher. No, she wasn't. She wasn't a very good teacher. <laughs> it was not because of her language barrier. It was because she didn't care. She didn't give a shit. Probably. She didn't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. So even plants that are parasitic, like mistletoe and things like that, yeah. um, still have the genes to make chloroplasts. They just have basically been like, oh, I could just cheat. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to stop. Okay. Um, so, uh, and then reproduction for plants is all over the place. The more, uh, quote unquote, archaic forms of plants like mosses, liverworts, and stuff like that spend most of their lives as a haploid. So they have half a normal, quote unquote, normal amount of DNA. Mm -hmm. And the only time they make a diploid is when they release spores. Those spores meet up with another spore and they make a diploid that then lands and then splits into haploids. So plant reproduction is all over the goddamn place. But life finds a way. Life finds a way. I'm so mad at how often I quote Jurassic Park. I'm not, because <laughs> I quote it all the time. Especially that. That line, that is like... It's a great line! That, that, that's... It's so true. Anyth- so true. If you learn anything about biology, it, that is like the first thing you learn. Which mm-hmm. is like, life... Uh, uh, finds a way. Finds a way. To the point where I think I might be girl Dr. Ian Malcolm for Halloween this year. That'd be cool. And then eventually at one point get injured and have to lay on the bar. <laughs> well, uh, Jurassic Park is a great thing for... The first thing you learn about biology is that uh, life uh, finds, finds a way. way. But, the, uh, but Ian Malcolm is also great for uh, ethics, which is uh, for the line, your scientists were so concerned whether you could, you never decided... Should, but if, never thought about whether or not you, you should, should. Yeah. which is true. Yeah. Um, Ian Malcolm... A mathematician who has basically quotes that apply to biology and ethics. Better than any of the ethicists or biologists in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Paleontologists? Useless. Useless. They're really good at dinosaur shit. Botanist? Useless. Useless. She spends all her time playing with triceratops shit. (laughs) Doesn't do anything. That's not true. Laura Dern is great, and I will hurt anybody who comes at Laura Dern. I swear to God. Whoa, this got intense. Um, basically, after talking about the definitions of animalia and plantae, we can now say definitively corals are animals. Okay. Right? Do you agree? I guess they move at a certain stage mm-hmm. in their life. Um, and Mr. Sir Attenborough has mm-hmm. uh, told me that they are, in fact, animals. Um, and they're not, they're not homeotrophic. They require on they require food from other organisms. Yes, and from what I remember of the documentary, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, um, they have they are not plants; they are animals, as he says. But they have algae growing inside them that they sustain them. So that's not even like I was actually watching the documentary today, and I was just like, that's not actually correct. It's okay. not algae. It's and it's it's kind of algae, but really what they are called dinoflagellates. Okay, which are tiny single cell organisms that have photosynthesis in them and are yes. technically in protista. Oh, fuck. So they're unranked at this point, but they were considered part of the protists. Okay. But that is how they sustain... No, that's not even true. That's they feed part, at night. That's part of how they sustain their, themselves. Their polyps open up and they're filter feeders. They eat plankton um, Correct. at night. Correct. So, coral are actually in Kingdom Animalia. Okay. Phylum Cnidaria, which has a silent C in front of it. So C C N I D A R I A, but we pronounce it Nidaria. Okay. And they're in the class Anthozoa. Anthozoa. So, 
Yeah, so Nidaria is defined by the following characters. Um, Antho, in this case, refers more to plant-ish. Which is a another, like, not anthropomorphic, but it's another kind of root. Okay. That I looked up and I was like, oh, it means plant-ish? Okay, that's weird. Yeah. Like, anthers, like, which are part of the male reproductive system on plants. Uh-huh. That's kind of what it refers to. Okay. Um, so, Nidaria, the phylum Nidaria is defined by the following characteristics. It's entirely aquatic. Okay. They're they're kind of an arch- they're very archaic animal form. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that kind of beats the primordial them primordial soup. The only thing that kind of beats them in archaicness is sponges, mm. which I didn't even get into. Um, but uh, they're entirely aquatic. A pineapple under the, the sea. sea. What more else needs to be said? <laughs> they're friends with starfish, which we as we agreed. Actually, Patrick being kind of dumb doesn't make any sense because starfish apparently, like I said, are more evolutionarily advanced because they make their butthole first well evolutionary advanced doesn't necessarily mean more intelligence true as evidenced by a lot of the a lot of humans <laughs> yeah so uh, anyways nidaria is entirely aquatic um they have radial symmetry this is another thing that people judge uh advancedness mm-hmm. on is uh, as opposed to bilateral symmetry we're bilaterally bilaterally symmetrical mm-hmm. for the most part our left half and our right half look the same they're symmetrical from um a horizontal form. As kind of. They're like pizza. Okay. Like you can cut a pizza in like six, eight, fourteen, an even number of pieces and all those pieces kind of look the same. Yeah. That's what radial symmetry means. Okay. That makes sense from my limited remembrance of Latin. Yeah. And that's kind of more associated with being more of an archaic form, which like starfish and stuff like that show more radial symmetry than they do bilateral. What about the corals that branch off like trees? It's still like, you still like, look if you look at the individual polyps. I guess if you, you yeah, cause, like, cut it, you have limbs, stuff a, like that. A coral looking like a tree yeah. is actually like a bunch of individuals Fair enough. making okay. a structure, if okay. that makes sense. Because yes. it's a bunch of little tiny polyps making one big structure. Yeah. Um, Nidaria is either in polyp form, so which is tubular and usually attached to a surface, like coral. Tubular. Tubular. We're doing the bra. Shaka bra. bra. Um, or medusae, which refers to that free floating kind of like octopusy. Oh, octo- octopusy. It's not what I was going for, but that's where we're at now. Well, we're here now. And, uh... um, so medusae are free swimming with umbrella shaped bodies. Okay. Jellyfish. 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 Yeah. Um, they sometimes create an ecto or endoskeleton that's very uh, calcified, which is like coral. Yeah, that, um, something he said uh, at Sir Attenborough, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, all proper respect to St. Attenborough, um, was that he said that they had uh, sandstone skeletons. And I didn't know if he was being poetic as he He actually says do. limestone skeletons. Limestone, thank you. I was... I was which is actually correct. I was doubting myself. Because limestone is calcium carbonate. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah, I wasn't sure if he was being poetic and, 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 you know, I was like, oh, they have what basically constitutes a skeleton made of limestone. We actually call it an exoskeleton because they build it up around themselves and it happens to turn into these much larger structures. Okay. So, yeah, it can, it's not a skeleton as we have skeletons. Yeah. But skeleton doesn't mean bones. It it's the, the the firmness. It means a from which a hard structure that either surrounds or is inside supports. you. Yeah. Yeah, that supports you. Yeah. Like uh, insects have the uh, exoskeleton. Exoskeleton. Yeah. Right. Um, Nidaria also has usually a gastrovascular cavity with a single opening that happens uh, acts as both a mouth and an anus, and it's that opening is often surrounded by tentacles. 
So if you look at the little polyps that make, like, the little individual polyps that make up coral, they, yeah. they're, they like, little, like, sea anemones. Yeah. But they have, so, like, one... They'll bring stuff in and then kick waste out via the same hole. Okay. Okay, I didn't know that part. Um, so one circle of, uh, sorry if we're going long. Mm. So one circle of, um, I guess a polyp or of tendrils when they're feeding, um, plankton. Goes to one mouth. Okay, so that is technically one coral? That's one polyp of the coral. One polyp They're colonial. That's kind of the tricky thing is corals are colonial. And they're all very similarly related usually. Okay. So that's, that's part of why I have trouble. It's just like... Watching the episode and watching as basically this large peach-shaped thing, then as the sun sets and Sir Attenborough is telling us about how it feeds at night through filter feeding, right? It opens up. It opens its tentacles in several and... different little uh, buds, yeah. polyps, um, with uh, basically like fingers all around it that yeah. like um, grab plankton from passing water and pass it into the center of the circle. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was under the impression that. Um, one pizza, if you will, <laughs> is right. a coral, but I guess one no one mouth one is one a mouth coral? is a coral. Okay, but they're colonial. They but are they're colonial. Yeah, a swarm. A, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind yeah. of. That's not, actually not a bad way of putting it. It makes me think to bring back another Futurama reference. Uh, Zoidberg when he uh, right. uh, regressing age wise, mm-hmm. and he says, "Oh, I've regressed back to the age where my siblings and I are part of one body," and it's kind of hearkening to i guess that stage. yeah it's it's kind of a joke about that kind of biology yeah. of these animals okay yeah okay so um futurama taught me something that i yeah. can use i know futurama was actually really good about like science shit like that yeah. um the other crazy thing about nidaria this this order is they have stinging cells called matocytes which also comes up in the documentary yes so the um it's not stinging cells i misspoke they have stinging organelles so again like plants have organelles that make sunlight into food they have organelles that are on the surface of their cells that basically like fuck you up (laughs) but like like jellyfish like jellyfish yes but so their tentacles have those uh like little like stinging nematocytes organelles in the cells on the like same with sea anemones if you've like touched a sea anemone you're like fuck (laughs) but it's not enough to i guess um Forgive me if this is very unscientific, but the difference between an organ and organelle is size. So, yeah. So, an organ isn't an entire, like, individual organism. Mm -hmm. An organelle is a, quote-unquote, organ in a cell. Cell, yes. So, um, the stinging cell, the stinging organelle, is uh, not something that would necessarily cause us harm, but maybe microscopic Something smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plankton, small fish, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Do coral eat fish? Little ones. Oh, okay. Like little tiny ones, like little larvae and stuff. Lara, yeah. yeah uh, very. Yeah. So, and then uh, class Anthozoa actually also includes sea anemones. Okay. So, Nidaria includes jellyfish, sea anemones, and corals. Anthozoa basically includes certain corals and sea anemones. Okay. So, all of that stuff is kind of related. Um, and they all have those little stinging cells. And then corals can reproduce... I'm learning a lot here, but I'm also feeling justified in my confusion. Sure. Yes. Because yeah. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. okay, several mouths, but one mouth constitutes an animal. But it's a colony, like a swarm. Right. Because I was also... going to say, they reproduce... Ex- uh, essentially, they'll split off little tentacles and they'll make another polyp. Oh, uh, live in the tree. And that's how they turn into these like big old coral like trees or whatever. Right. But 
at the same time every year, all of the corals in the same species will basically spawn and just kick out either yeah. sperm or eggs. Yeah, I saw I saw that in the episode. Yeah, and then they combine, and then they make those little larvae, which are called planulas, right? Planula, yeah. And those planulas are mobile, so that's the moment in their life when they are mobile as an animal. So once a coral sperm and a coral egg conceive, uh, they... Start developing into a blastula, and then eventually they develop into a planula. But here's the question that, uh, on the subject of movement, oh, yeah. as dictating life, I know that's not necessarily a great measure, but um, sentience, I guess, is what it comes down to. Oh. Is it moving in with intention? Yes, it moves with intent. Depending on the level of nidaria you're talking about, some of them move towards light. Okay. Some of them move towards a certain substrate. Okay. Does the difference make the difference between whether it is an animal or a plant no because plants move with some quote-unquote sentient towards a certain thing too okay it's just a higher level of movement okay okay because also like sentience gets into this whole thing of like consciousness and unconsciousness yes which, which is, is something that i didn't i also didn't do any research into this and i can't yeah. totally speak to it right now but whereas plant like, let's say plant seeds mm-hmm. don't move in a way where they're just like, I want to go over there. Yeah. The plant may have evolved some sort of structure that allows it to be eaten by a bird or be dispersed differently, but it doesn't move with necessarily intent towards no a certain structure. Agency. Yeah. This planula will be like, that rock looks good, and swim over there. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. And it may not be as, like, specific as, this rock looks good, it's just like, I feel it might be like a like more of like a compulsion if okay. that makes sense. Would you, would it be fair to say that it's maybe on the border of sentience? Maybe. Well, we're also talking about very archaic animal forms. Yes. So, so yes. Okay. But there's a little bit more of I'm feeling I justified would say, in my confusion yes. again. But like once you look at the de- definition between animals and plants, you're like, oh, this is definitely an animal. It's I really basic. It's very basic. Yeah. 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 Like I said, people don't know insects are animals, for fuck's sake. I knew that. Yeah. I knew that much. Um, yeah. So now we kind of know the difference between whether or not corals are plants and animals. But again, like you said, feel justified in like maybe the confusion behind this. It's colonial. It, would it be fair to say that it acts like a plant? Kind of. Because it has those dinoflagellates that like do photosynthesis. Yeah. The corals only grow where there's like good amounts of light. Usually in the uh, tropical seas and right. stuff like that. Yeah. That, that's tropical why... shallow seas. Yes. Because it, it needs enough sunlight and it mm-hmm. can't have too much or too little. Um, as Sir Attenborough um, yeah. says. Um, which is, you know, kind of where... Because it's funny enough, I've watched these documentaries over and over again but it's funny what stays with me and what doesn't and so it wasn't until i like rewatched it that with the idea that we were doing this podcast <laughs> that i'm just like okay remembering these details like vividly but um they uh definitely move they grow they do combat with one another mm-hmm. over um uh territory and mm-hmm. they consume one another, another. in um, which is contests yeah. which is which is beyond what plants do plants just outcompete each other yeah, I guess. There's some parasitic plants for sure, but that's very different from like the coral being like, nah, fuck you, bitch. They either smack, starve smack, you of your smack. resources yeah. or just strangle you. Yeah. Whereas a coral will ex- explicitly exude its eat guts you. and eat digest you. you. Yeah. Um, and the first one to digest the other wins. Right. 
So, so yeah, I can the the confusion on whether or not it is a plant or an animal is legit. But now that we know what an animal is, okay. it's very clear that it is an animal. Yeah. 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 So it has a limestone skeleton. It is colonial. Mm-hmm. It. So what is the what's the function of the algae within it? This is the this is the part well, that trips me up. Yeah. Is that when. It's it's gotten a like uh, relationship with the algae where the algae helps make food for it and those algae those dinoflagellates are protected. Yeah, because so, that's what uh, I, I I I assumed and it was kind of implied within the documentary that uh, the algae is what sustains it and why mm-hmm. these coral grow in well sunlit shallow seas. Right. But but yeah, it's definitely an animal that has some protists that are photosynth- photosynthesizing creatures helping it out okay but it's definitely an animal okay yeah i i, I feel like this has been clarified good, good. I, so, I have learned a lot today good so we're gonna wrap up all right um you can always find us at buzz biology on instagram or stevie roxell on instagram and i guess also at twitter because i've started getting back on twitter again um where can we find you richard um you can find me at richarddoomed.com. Richard Doom was taken, so um, I had so to go. So Doomed. Doomed. Rich, Richard Doomed. Um, the guy hasn't even tweeted. I want that account. Oh, I'm God sorry. He's just like tweeted like once, and it was like a soccer tweet. Son of a bitch. Don't follow him, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, all of my tweets are um, about current events and politics. So um, if that's your thing... Or um, nerdy shit. Like, I had a Star Trek rant the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so that's your spiel. But um, that's where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, what about your... Do you know what your podcast is going to be called yet? It's going to be called Hold No Heroes. Okay. And it's going to start soon. I believe so. I'm hoping to um, record the first episode uh, any day now. Okay. Um, and uh, it is going to be about the um, mixture of uh, politics and nerd stuff. Uh, so I, I believe that there is a, a, a vein there within nerd stuff. And uh, I believe it hasn't been tapped. And I would like to explore it with uh, my other politically engaged and nerdy friends. Nice. I think that's a good, I think that's a good, I think that's going to be good. I'm, I think the audience is out there for it. You know, I've been talking about doing it for years and... It's uh, about time. Like, I've been talking about this for about fucking two years now. Yeah, I'm finally doing it. You're starting yours and you know what? It's the fire that lights my ass, so. <laughs> Competition. It's a great motivator, guys. Um, all right. Well, uh, in the meantime, I'll see you guys next week. Drink responsibly. Uh, enjoy biology and nature out there. Bye.